0: You're listening to the Weekly Commentary by yours truly, Paul Cienfuegos. Today is part two of a two-part series. Last week, I shared the remarkable story of the Envision Spokane campaign and its three attempts thus far to get their community bill of rights in front of the voters. In November 2009, they garnered 24% of the vote. In November 2011, 49% of the vote. And in November 2013, when it looked quite likely that they would finally win – a large number of corporate associations and others sued to keep them off the ballot in what's referred to as a pre-election challenge. Then just 12 days ago, on January 29th, a higher court ordered the Community Bill of Rights to be placed on the ballot at an upcoming election. Check out last week's commentary for more details about the proposed law. Lindsey Shroman Warren is the attorney who argued the winning case, and I feel blessed to have him as my very brief guest on today's commentary. Welcome, Welcome, Lindsey. I'd like to start by asking you to lay out the basic case that you made to the state appellate court as to why the voters in Spokane, Washington should have the right to pass a community bill of rights, which the corporate opponents have claimed is both an illegal and an unconstitutional ballot initiative.
1: Thank you, Paul. First, I should say that different states uh, have different rules for the pre election challenge. So in Washington state, the courts allow certain kinds of challenges but don't allow other kinds of challenges. The rule is supposed to be that there is no challenge allowed for whether something is substantively unconstitutional. There are pre-election challenges allowed for procedural unconstitutionality, like failing to meet the single-subject rule, for example, or uh, for two uh, somewhat substantive uh, Pre election challenges. We argued these in front of the appellate court. One was that the, uh, the initiative deals with administrative matters rather than legislative matters. And another is that the initiative is uh, dealing with the power that's delegated to the elected officials of the local government rather than delegated to uh, the local government itself. If it's delegated to the local government itself, it's available to the people. So all that is this you know, procedural maze that you go into when a challenger tries to stop an initiative from going to the ballot. What the appellate court did was decide that it didn't even want to address those issues because the appellate court decided that the challengers, which were a bunch of, um, well, some corporations in Spokane, some uh, kind of chamber of commerce organizations in Spokane, in some individuals who've been strongly opposed to the Community Bill of Rights as well. Those challengers brought suit against the, the Community Bill of Rights, trying to stop it from getting the ballot. The appellate court said that those challengers didn't have the right to bring suit in the first place. So the appellate court reasoned that when you're dealing with a pre-election challenge to a citizen's initiative, you're dealing with some really important fundamental issues uh, in our legal system, one being the separation between the judicial branch, the the courts, and the legislative branch, the lawmaking branch of government. Another is this right to initiative, which is a very important right that's found in either the state constitution or in state statutes, laws passed by the legislature. And then finally, there's an issue of the courts deciding things before they're ready, uh, you know, you don't know if you actually have to decide whether the initiative is valid or not, if it never passes. And then another is uh, the courts wanting to not issue um, advisory opinions, trying to not decide things before they become, um, before it's actually a controversy. So basically here what the court said is that only when, when private party challengers try to bring a pre-election challenge, like this group of... Um, of corporate associations and individuals in Spokane, when they bring a challenge pre-election, they can only have standing to do that. They can only get into court to do that if they can show uh, a a clear injury in fact uh, that 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 show that would occur before the initiative goes to the ballot. If their harms are purely speculative, as in they say, "Oh, well, if this passes, you know the 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 sky is going to start falling, which is what these corporate challengers did, then the court has said that they can't get into court to make that argument. They don't have standing, which is a, a, a interesting legal argument in and of itself. So um, in, our, in our situation, we argued the substantive provision saying that the corporate challengers couldn't pass the tests, that legislative administrative distinction test, or that delegation test, Uh, and the court said, we're even going to take it a step uh, back a step further, and we're going to say that those corporate challengers can't even get into court to argue the test. So I think it's a really important decision because it, it it expands the powers that people have to bring initiatives in Washington state. Because it it limits who can challenge the initiative. And it allows for uh, people to actually get to the ballot and voice their opinions and have that political process rather than have the court resolve the dispute of whether an initiative should be made law or not. Uh, However, for for a reason I'm not aware of, the appellate court decided to not um, make its decision precedent. So as we go forward in the future, uh, we will use the appellate court's arguing uh, argument and their reasoning to challenge standing, but we can't just point to this case and say, look, this court did it, and so this next court has to do it too. So it's, uh, I, in my opinion, uh, the judges had a particular bent in wanting to address the standing issue, and they ran with that and used some of the policy considerations that we were arguing, specifically separation of powers um, and, and the restraint of the judiciary in deciding the political questions for society. And the judges used those policies to say that there is a strong limitation, strong uh, limitation on standing for who can actually show up in court.
0: Thank you, Lindsay, for sharing your thoughts about this big legal win concerning the Spokane Community Bill of Rights. You can find out more at EnvisionSpokane.org. You've been listening to the weekly commentary by yours truly, Paul Cienfuegos. You can hear future commentaries every Tuesday on the CABU Evening News and a growing number of other radio stations. I welcome your feedback. You can subscribe to my weekly podcast via iTunes or at CommunityRightsPDX.org. You can follow me on Twitter at CienFuegosPaul. You can sign up for my newsletter at paulcienfuegos.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, we are the people we've been waiting for.